Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, one by one. We will be free of spoilers from future episodes, but full spoilers for any episodes that we've covered up to this point. I'm Jason, and I mean, who hasn't let a guy that they're tailing slip away because they were macking on their girl? I'm Harrison, and I can safely say I have never done that. Um, You're missing out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jason, what episode are we watching today? We are watching Angel Season 3, Episode 14, Couplet. We are, uh, this is the one where we pick up right after uh, Gru returns at the end of Waiting in the Wings. And uh, his return kind of throws Angel's confidence into a tizzy and leads to some silly shenanigans. And, uh, and meanwhile, uh, Wes is dealing with the fact that, uh, Gunn and Fred are now, um, are now kind of, like, getting all the fish and everything. Yeah. Couplet was written by Tim Minear and Jeffrey Bell and was directed by Tim Minear, and it originally aired just after Valentine's Day, appropriately enough, on February 18th, 2002. Alright, Jason, what are we drinking today? I'm drinking some red, red wine. Red, red wine uh, with a side of ice water and uh, sweat it's towels. hot outside. It's hot outside and yeah, my, uh, my air conditioning seems to have gone out, which is great fun. Um, but, you know, here we are. We're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason, it's an angel episode, so shall you lead us in a toast? Um, yeah, I guess I will. Uh, here, here's to healthy communication. Cheers. I like these wine glasses. I think they're good. I think we've used them on the show before. I believe we have. These are the stemless wine glasses. Mm Mm-hmm. Gifts from my grandparents. Um... Yeah, take it away, Jason. Okay. Um, We have just come back from the ballet. A very eventful night, as you can. uh, With the rising music (laughs) and the rising... Oh, sorry, different episode. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, like, I I normally don't try to, like, uh, promote previous episodes, but we had a very fun, very fun uh, guest and it led to a very fun episode. Yeah. So our friend Aaron uh, was on. And yeah, like I, I recommend like if you haven't listened to that because we did like take a hiatus after mm-hmm. that episode was posted. So listen to it. It's yeah. good. It's a great episode. And I feel like just for us, uh, we got a lot of valuable insight just on the art form of ballet mm-hmm. itself uh, because Aaron is very, very knowledgeable. And um, so that was just like... I really feel like, like I feel like we would have had a good episode without that, uh, without that, because um, obviously there was a lot of character stuff to talk about that you know we really like to dig into, but um, she really just helped us elevate it to the next level. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, we thank her for it. Thank you, Aaron. Speaking of character stuff, that's pretty much what all this episode <laughs> yeah. is about. Um, 
Yeah, Angel is uh, checking in on Connor. Um, Lauren has been the diligent babysitter, uh, even though he wasn't happy about <laughs> it in, in Waiting in the Wings. But uh, Angel is, um, you know, putting away his, his like, uh, was he wearing a tux or was he was it just a suit? I believe it was a tux. Okay, I think, yeah. Um, yeah, no, all the guys rented tuxes, okay. I think. Gotcha. And the girls had to do the uh, buy the dress you can't afford, hide the tag. Mm-hmm. Uh, the plot of an excellent That's So Raven episode. I think I think quite a few sitcoms have, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. have <laughs> dipped into that well. Oh, absolutely. But uh, Angel is obviously upset because... Um, Cordelia just was immediately swooning over the return of the Grease Log, even though, like, at this point, Angel and Cordelia had come as close as they ever have to actually kind of doing some sort of consummation of the romantic tension that's been between them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, at this point, even though he doesn't say it, like, even though he denies it, we know that he has got something for he's, Cordelia. He's got the feels. Yeah. Um, Cordelia... If Cordelia has the feels, she does not know about them yet. Yeah, no. <laughs> she, she and he are on very different... Uh, at very different points... In their affection towards each other. I think there is affection there. Oh, absolutely. More than Cordelia's, like you said, aware of. But at the same time, she's not like in that definite part. She just kind of definitely knows that she doesn't want to be alone. Mm-hmm. And hey, here's this like, uh, this beautiful, um, like... Hunk of man. I, I, I was trying to think of like a better word, but nope. I mean, yeah, that, that <laughs> kind of sum- summarizes uh, the Grusalog. Especially once he cuts that awful hair. See, I actually thought that was a glow down. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I've never been a fan of short hair Grusalog. He looks, mm. he just looks like a taller Ben Stiller. Interesting. Um, and no offense to Ben Stiller. <laughs> But I've never particularly found Ben Stiller attractive. Not known as a hunk, traditionally. Mm-hmm. Um, Mrs. Stiller may disagree. Um, I don't know his Meryl's situation. Um, yeah, I I think I would prefer long-haired Gru if they did anything interesting with the hair. It's very... It's got no volume. It's very flat. It's very... Um, and I, I mean, I think it is just a... At least in this episode, just a really crappy wig. Um, the scene where they've got a bit of a close-up of his face before they cut it, I was just like, I was just like, oh wow, that wig is not very good. Um, We're about to lose it anyway. Yeah. Um, luckily for him, though, his strength does not lie in his hair. Uh, it lies in his muscles. <laughs> his big, big muscles. Yes. Um, I really do. I, I don't know if we ever gave him uh, props Uh during his arc in season two, but Mark Lutz, who plays Gru, he's just so charming. He is. And yeah, that's like, I know that at this point, the show is kind of encouraging people to be Angel and Cordy shippers, Mm -hmm. Uh, but at the same time, Grusalog is just so wholesome, (laughs) and, uh, you know, the things that he says to uh, Cordelia are, I mean, you know, They'd make any woman's knees tremble. Yeah. He's not, like... And he, and he means it, too. Like, he means he's, it. He's sincere. Yeah. Gru seems like 
a good partner, a p- good potential partner mm-hmm. for, you know, I, I think I've made my feelings very clear on, on this front, but it, it, you know, he's all the stuff, he's not all the stuff that Angel is, he's a lot of the stuff that Angel is, that Cordelia admires, and he's got his own qualities that Angel doesn't have that Cordelia also really responds to. So, um, and that's why the this triangle, as it is, um, infuriates me much less than the other one we have going well, on. Yeah, and also, like, you know, the Gruselog is, um, uh, he's like a, a recurring character. Yeah. It's not like somebody that we see every episode, and we're not going to see him for a few more episodes, yeah. at the very least. Um, yeah, I think, so... This is very anti-romantic, <laughs> but I think it's. I think this bears worth saying. I don't necessarily think that the person that you're most compatible with is the person who's best for you. Um, necessarily, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it could be like I, it's not always the case. Yeah, like I mean, you could argue that Gru is like the perfect, the whole package for Cordelia. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he's the best person <laughs> for Cordelia or the person that, like, you know, she she could probably, like, find herself confused if, like, she's with him and then realizes, oh, hey, this isn't what I want. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, like, it's uh, a few years back, there's this girl who um, I felt, like, super compatible with. And, uh, you know, it just felt like... Oh, I mean, if if I've like found anybody who's who like gets me and like uh, would definitely be like kind of the perfect person to be with, then it's her. But uh, I kind of like confused compatibility with attraction, mm-hmm. and because uh, you know. No matter how compatible you are, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're attracted to you. And I mean, more than likely, a relationship's not going to happen if you're not attracted to a person. So I just feel like um, it, it is very interesting how it's presented. Like, Gru is a good potential partner, but it's also like it wouldn't be surprising if it's like, oh, this is the this is the whole package that I think I want. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I also really like in this episode. Um, the way they present this love triangle between these three characters um, is we see Angel in particular. Um, my favorite side of Angel, Petty Angel. Um, Petty, and like this is where we get into like the screwball comedy esque, <laughs> like, like very much in the style of like the Philadelphia story or something like that. Uh, or bringing, bringing Up Baby. Baby, that's the one I was going to say. Um, like, you know, we see that side of him come out and we, um, we, but, I really appreciate that they punctuate this with he Angel's definitely jealous of Cord like of Gru being with Cordelia. Mm-hmm. Like that's definitely part of it. But they also point out that he's also worried that he's essentially replaceable by the Grusalog. Yeah. Which for me that makes takes this from th- that makes it more compelling that it's not just like, oh my god, he's being such a dick because he like they like the same girl. There's underseated there's other things there. Yeah. And it's the same for Cordelia. She's conflicted, not just because of her potential feelings for Angel, but the fear of losing her visions. Because and... we've had so many episodes <laughs> as of late that have talked about how important the visions yeah. are to her. And, like, 
and the calm shock could transfer the visions to the Grusalog, and he even says, yeah. like, are you worried that... You'll um, lose your part of yourself. And also that you'll be less than you were if you were with me. Yeah. And I just think all that's really interesting. And the fact that he's so insightful into mm-hmm. that, I mean... Another makes her the- even hornier <laughs> she's like Dude. oh she is so horny in this episode so horny in this episode uh, uh but yeah no and i honestly i can relate to that as well um not the not the well um i was i meant to say like how angel's feeling because it's one thing if like a girl that you like or anybody that you like sorry i'm i'm speaking from my experience yeah. uh this can obviously apply to so many scenarios, but it's one thing if the girl that you like um, starts dating another guy and um, he's kind of a piece of shit and you're like, oh, I don't like him. But when she dates, starts dating another guy and he's like the nicest guy in the <laughs> world and you're like, that, even, that hurts doubly more. It's like, God damn it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Really front loaded this with a lot of the discussion of the. Yeah, I'm sorry. The, no, it's okay. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, Angel, uh, and you know, Lauren suspects that um, something did happen between Cordelia and Angel because he smells the perfume mm-hmm. on uh, Angel's tuxedo and uh, when on his coat, and you know, when Lauren's gone away, Angel smells it too. Yeah. So yeah, you're not fooling anybody, Angel. Yeah. I really like, uh, this is a, just a nice moment between Lauren and Angel when um, Angel's t- looking at Connor and being like, does he seem shorter to you? And and there's this moment where they kind of have this conversation that seems to be about Connor. And then Angel's just like, I'm not talking about Connor. And Lauren's like, I know. <laughs> I'm talking about the Grusel look. I know. <laughs> um, uh, we love an emotionally intelligent empath demon. I mean, if you're gonna have at least one character who's emotionally intelligent, better be your empath. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Cordelia does take Gru home, and she's changing out of her uh, out of her dress while he's explaining that uh, you know, while he was technically overthrown, he also like was kind of bored and honestly just really wanted to get back to Cordelia. So when like they finally, when the people of Pylea finally established a democracy, he's like, all right, peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is when he does like, you know, just lay on some absolutely wonderful lines that, uh, you know, definitely show that his affection for Cordelia is true. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they have, uh, they do some, they do some kissing, but, uh, Cordelia like pulls away because she has a vision in which um, the Grusalog, while still speaking with his voice, is replaced by a big old uh, like spiky black yeah. demon. Um, very kind of reminiscent of Skip a bit, but a little bit less awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh, no. So when they do finally meet this, this so the concept of this demon is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's kind of like your standard like uh, cool hell demon. But the the actual like costume is awful. Yeah, it's like because you know the the spikes that are sticking out of his like shoulders and stuff. Like you know that costume is a little loose, so yeah. like everything's kind of wiggling around. It and, looked fine stationary. But yeah, yeah, but, yeah when you're moving and honestly, like you just have the one scene of him like doing the movements and stuff, and that's it. So. Not the worst demon to it's, appear in this it's episode. True, but it's. <laughs> Did you say to appear in this episode? In this episode. Oh, yeah. 
You didn't like the tree demon? Jason, do you not recall the tree demon? Uh, in our hot takes episode, I couldn't remember what episode it was. It's, it's couplet, by the way. I remembered today when the storyline started, I was like, I think this one's it. Um, that was the tree demon, the Wi-Fi tree demon. I'm sorry, DSL tree demon uh, was my pick for my least favorite angel monster of the week. Okay. I didn't. I'm not. I honestly, yeah, I honestly don't hate the design. I definitely hate the fact that it's just like luring people in with like the internet, like it's just so internet dumb. chat room. Yeah, just it is dumb. People who walk and, by. And the fact, <laughs> yeah, and the and the fact that like it's um, and the fact that uh, you know, it's barely part of the episode does not do it any favors. Yeah. Um, I, but I honestly think like you know, it kind of looks cool. I'm not a fan. Oh, fair enough. Um, so Angel come. So next morning, uh, we, Angel comes downstairs. He has Connor. Um, Wes is working, but, you know, he's like, oh, where's Cordelia? And he's like, well, it's still early. And so that's when, um, you know, Wes and Angel have a conversation similar to what Lorne and Angel had, in which Angel's talking about the Grease Log, but uh wesley is talking about connor which i didn't realize at first like i actually do think that i did think oh, they this, were both talking about the grease along this bait and switch works on yeah you? it yes. actually did um, i love that yeah uh you know so wes is still like kind of looking into connor's birth like it really shouldn't have happened like he shouldn't exist and he like needs to find out if there is like some significance to it because you know we may have had that one episode that was all about, like, everybody trying to kill yeah. Connor, but, uh, it's, like, you know, it's still there. Like, yeah. the, like he still has enemies out there. I really appreciated how, after his initial umbrage towards Wesley, when he was like, he shouldn't have been born, which I would also have taken umbrage if I were Angel. Wesley, choose your words better. But Wesley's making extremely salient points. Like, we don't know why this happened. It's not normal and it's we need to be prepared and i like the angels like correct yes yeah anything not involving uh fred and gun wes is like very good on um but yeah wes, uh, i love you my man but <laughs> so angel says like oh should we try to get the niazian scrolls back from wolfram and hart but uh you know wesley thinks that, like you know maybe we should try to seek out uh, work that's already been done like research that's already been done by other people like commentaries and stuff and just to see like if we can get their translations interpretations yeah and which is I mean that's smart because, oh yeah I mean honestly if you've ever been if you've ever done any like research paper um, yes you do need uh, you do need primary sources uh, but those aren't always available so you definitely like also need to consider the work that's been done before yeah well, and it's just also, it's really helpful in those contexts to get other interpretations that you yeah, might you're, not have Yeah, considered. you're not starting from scratch. Yeah. Um, it, it was at this point that I could not remember if what happens at the end of this episode had already happened. And I was like, I was like, you know, the, the, the meme of the, the, the lady doing math. <laughs> that was me. I was like, wait. Have we gotten the translation of that prophecy yet that is, you know, spoilers, going to play a major role in things to come? 
Wait, that that little thing? Really? I, it seems really <laughs> odd. I thought it was a throwaway. Minuscule. I sorry. I just had a vision of that scene playing out, but with a laugh track over it. <laughs> the father will kill the son. <laughs> and then like it ends like those sitcom episodes you see with like jazz music or something like. <laughs> Very much uh, what an episode of Cordy would have ended. Yes. <laughs> that's actually... And I think... I think, like, that was that's the point of, like, the Kevin Can Fuck Himself series. Where it's mm-hmm. like... It, I didn't watch it, but based on what I saw of it. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it's like... And it honestly sounds like an amazing idea. It's like, oh, it's a show that's able to switch from being, like, a comedy to a very serious like dangerous drama yeah um and able to like pull dark humor out of both i did watch a clip of it and the way they did it in the show based on this clip i don't know if it was consistent is that when she's like around her husband that's when it's the sitcom-y world Mm -hmm. and then when she's not that's when she's in like her breaking bad drama or whatever it is and i imagine that could be really fun from a writer's perspective to to as the show goes on and that becomes established to play around in that mm-hmm. in the playground that's on that's on AMC plus right I think it was yeah I think I, it was only two seasons yeah I I've been thinking like I haven't had AMC plus for a little while I've been thinking about like getting it again just if for no other reason to have like an affordable way to watch Mad Men because that's like the only mm-hmm. service that it's on anymore but you know like you know cut some of that like you know yeah. booze and smoking and like you know being handsy with women with uh, Kevin could fuck himself yeah listen I I Annie Murphy's great so I you know she's proven to me that she's worth watching and whatever she's doing um so Cordelia and Gru do come in uh and uh, uh Cordelia has a drawing of the demon she's like this is kind of how the visions work they're not like um they're not like uh you know the crazy painful headaches that she got before and like spasms and stuff Mm -hmm. like that but they do like they can do things that can kill the moon and uh what we have this is like there are times that this is but then there are also times when it is funny it's really just like how many how much like on how many entendres and innuendos can we fit into this one like conversation because um, obviously, they're trying to talk about what this demon could be, but um, Cordelia is also working in the fact that like she didn't have sex with a Groose log. Um, also, be- like one because she just saw that demon and yeah, the big spiky thing in her face. Yeah, <laughs> um, and how and also like you know having sex with Groose log may let her may may make her lose her virginity. Ooh. Ugh. <laughs> I, if I were Charisma, one day, one day, when I meet Charisma Carpenter, I'm going to be like, Angel, season three, episode 14, couplet. I don't want to lose my virginity. How did you feel when you read that in the script? So, As I, an actor, I would have died inside. I absolutely know that he won't say that to her, because of all the things... Fair enough. <laughs> like, like you know when you do a meet and greet with a with a celebrity at a convention which um, would be the most likely place to meet her um you get like very little time to talk to them while they like sign your stuff but you're not gonna bring up something that would piss somebody off now I'm and i'm that. sure 
And I'm sure talking about many of the things that we've talked about in Angel so far probably wouldn't be good territory. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I do like this bit of reversal, though. That, um, for once, it's not Angel who can't have sex um, because of consequences. I also feel like um, in a in a show, in a franchise overall, and in just a general era of television that struggled with sex positivity, um, I felt like this episode was very sex positive. Like, Cordy really wants to have sex. Everyone, with one exception, really wants her to have sex. Yeah. And they're like, let's figure it out. Let's, let's, let's brainstorm. So, um, I will say, I believe, in my opinion, the 90s and the 2000s, uh, I do kind of like point towards friends with this. Um, I know like a lot of people are like, nowadays like to point out all the things that were wrong uh, with friends, which... I wouldn't necessarily say it's wrong with friends, but it's more of just the reflection of the changing times. Mm-hmm. But I believe one important thing um, that Friends and other shows at that time brought forth, uh, Seinfeld, uh, with the character of Julia Louis, uh, with the character of Elaine, played by Julia Louis Dreyfus, but also all three characters—Monica, Phoebe, and Rachel—on Friends, um, like showing that women want to have sex too, mm-hmm. because so, for decades. Like, a very tired joke was like, oh, men want sex, but women don't. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Women can get horny, too. And and it's like, and it took so long for TV shows to start depicting that without like a, oh my gosh, you should be punished for wanting right. to have sex. I mean, even in that era, we were getting, you know, the shrewish housewife who yeah. always had a headache. when, And I'm like... Speaking, Kevin can go fuck himself. Like, I wouldn't want to have sex with any of these awful men either. Um, but uh, yeah, go episode uh, for for letting Cordy bone eventually. <laughs> yeah, eventually. after she'd earned it. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, obviously. <laughs> uh, you know, she's trying to think of a way to like kind of get over these feelings and at the same time kind of like protect herself and you know Wes is like oh maybe like a paranormal prophylactic and just like jogging (laughs) (laughs) yeah no like uh, like I said there are points where there are times when this works there are times when Cordelia says virginity but now let's go to an incredibly cute scene with Gunn and Fred can I can I set up our, our you'll Pardon the pun, smash cut. Please do. So, uh, Cordy, at the end of this conversation, Cordy has a line where she's like, let's face it, like, no one in this office is getting laid. Cut to Gun and Fred. Yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is such a sweet scene. So cute. Um, you know, uh, Gun is smiling while Fred's eating pancakes. And, uh, and she's like, and she says like, "Oh, I'm sorry." And he's like, "No, I, I like watching you eat." Which I mean, you know, would be a weird thing to say, but damn it, if J. August Richards isn't like the most charming person so in charming. the world. Like, yeah, the things that he, like, the things that he say can be cheesy, but his delivery of it is mm-hmm. just great. He's it, like, he's one of those guys who. Uh, I'm saying this about both the actor and the character who is charming 
and knows he's charming, so he knows he can say cheesy shit and, like, and make it work. But he doesn't come across as, like, the, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's sincere. Yeah, he's sincere. He's a sincere cheese ball. Yeah, I'm actually, like... He's got those soulful eyes. Ooh, yeah, like, the, 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 the Fred... The Fred Gunn relationship is, like, I mean, I've watched the whole show, obviously, uh, but I don't remember a lot of the details of this, so I'm actually really excited to see this grow and develop. And, I mean, we've already seen, like, uh, Gunn's affection towards Fred. Yeah. Um, Like, you know, from the beginning of season three. Uh, But, uh, you know, they say that, uh, you know, apparently they've been going to, they've been having breakfast at this diner for weeks now. Uh, but Fred said, like, oh, things are a little different now that we kissed. And, um, but that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad difference. Mm. So, uh, they're a bit, so the, like, the waitress brings the check. Um, Gunn's like, oh, we'll split it. And, uh, she says, like, oh, I, I mean, I eat so much more than you. I guess I'd be getting good value. And he's like, oh, trust me. I, I think I'm getting a good value. And, yeah, no. And, uh, they're about to kiss again, but both their cell phones ring because... Wes is calling them in to work. Yes. Cock blocked. Yeah. Uh, the, o- the only time in this episode where he uh, cocks blo- cock blocks them on accident. Yeah. And you know, you say on accident, but it could be that something tells me, like, if they've done this diner breakfast before, like if they've been doing it for a few weeks, probably hasn't been uh, a problem an issue like something worth calling them for but now mm-hmm. now um so we everybody's at angel investigations i'm gonna sneeze fairly soon so okay. just giving you that heads up <laughs> um but wes has found out that uh the creature is a sneed demon is that how you said it in the show sure um i really <laughs> see it how i completely forgot about it because it's factors so little into the episode um, but yeah, he says that um, it'll probably rise before nightfall and um, is gonna like find a place to feed in like the mid city area. Uh, you know, Angel at first says like, "Oh, I'm," uh, or the original plan is for Angel to like go through the sewers and find it, uh, while everybody else like heads to um, like one of the big parks in the nearby area, um, just to like kind of make sure. Sorry, the sneeze, like, keeps threatening and not, <laughs> like, I hate it. Um, but, I've, uh, I've got my, like, my, my, uh, my intro-outro script up so I can, like, make a note of where it happens, like, <laughs> for, for, for the edit. <laughs> like, just do it. Just sneeze, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't, like, I normally can't force it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so Angel's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna like go through the sewers, everybody, because you know we're it's the middle of the day. Uh, however, Gru says that um, oh he's he knows he knows these demons. Um, he's seen them in Pylea, and he's slain many of them. Uh, tracking it should be easy. Defeating it, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, so then uh, <laughs> this is a really good scene. Uh, so then like F. West decides, like, all right, well, then you'll go with Angel in the sewers. And, uh, and so when they're all grabbing their weapons, Groot grabs the broadsword and Angel's, Angel's telling West, like, 
that is my favorite broadsword. <laughs> and he like brings out the tiny little axe for Angel. He's <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to bring the, bring the head of this demon back to my beloved. And, and Angel says, like, yeah, sure, she'll like that. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, uh, so Angel and Gru are tracking the demon through the sewers, and, uh, and Gru does say, uh, he, he senses, like, a sadness in Cordelia, um, and I will say, Angel could have taken this moment to be kind of a dick, and just be like, oh, well, I guess that means she doesn't really, like, she's not really into you, like, maybe, like, you know, there are the fish in the sea and stuff, but he actually does try to, like, help grew yeah like kind of like give a little insight into cordelia and how angel thinks that she must be feeling and he's he, like the things that he says i mean may not be helpful but they're not like it's not sabotage yeah no i agree um and these are the moments and i i have to imagine that they wanted to be very deliberate and careful about angel not coming off too unlikable in this episode because it's a tight it's a balance you have to to walk um when you're doing this kind of story and like i love petty angel i love jealous angel but at the same time he's still our hero yeah and so we don't want him so if we had seen him trying to sabotage grew i would not have liked that yeah um for his character well because that's like that's mean-spirited it's not it wouldn't have been done for a laugh um or it, or the laugh would have been very cheap. Yeah, um, and like when we do see him, quote unquote, you know, later in the episode, taking out his anger and all this on Gru, he's not. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a ploy to trick the demon. Yeah. Um, although there maybe was some oh, real no, feelings coming out of there. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so they do encounter the demon. Like I said, doesn't look great. This is kind of like just one big fight scene. Um, the demon eventually is able to like break out into the daylight and uh, go out into the park. Um, Angel's like, Angel's like fall into the ground and Gru's like, oh, come on, let's go get it. But, you know, he can't. Um, and I think like, I, I don't think the Gruuslog was aware of that because all the times that he saw Angel and Pylea, he was out in the daylight. Yeah. So, uh, so the Gruselog, like, runs out, and, um, he's able to save this woman from the demon, kill the demon, and, like, right when everybody shows up, and everybody cheers, and they're all happy, and all all Angel can do is stare from the shadows. The demon also melts away in a little, uh, like, Ivan Ooze puddle. Hooray! Um, No cleanup! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um... I also just, the extra that he saves um, was styled very, very similarly to, like, season one Cordy. Um, I, I just noticed that during this watch, and I don't know if it was deliberate or not, but I just noticed her hair in particular. Very long, brunette, really vol- a lot yeah. of volume in it. Um, so I just thought, I thought that was intentional or not. I thought it was uh, just an interesting little touch. But yeah, I like the... The, the look on Angel's face is heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's kind of like the, oh, you know, whatever I try to do, I can't, I can't, like, overcome who I am. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't overcome certain parts of who I am. Yeah. And 
No, like, I can relate to that at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, so later, uh, everybody else is kind of paying attention to uh, Gru, like, reenacting his fight, his epic triumph. Uh, meanwhile... Fred in particular is, like, she fucking loves it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, meanwhile, um, Angel is actually supposed to be listening to uh, this client, Miss Frakes, and she is convinced uh, that there is a witch who has put uh, her fiancé of eight years, Jerry, under a love spell. She says this is the only reason that he would speak to another woman online. Um, and uh, the only thing that she can give is the username uh, from like the emails and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's hotblonde37159. Which, unfortunately, I think that's in the Buffy wiki. That's the name. That's what they use as the name of the actual demon. Nice. <laughs> so, whew. All right, then. Um, so Angel does, like, snap back out of it. And, um, and at first, he doesn't necessarily think that... Uh, and, like, you know, while he's been listening to Miss Frakes, uh, Wes has also kind of like been nearby but he's been watching cordelia or not excuse me not cordelia, <laughs> fred oh no doing doing a harrison right now <laughs> he's been watching fred and uh and like sort of gun but mostly fred yeah and um so she wants so angel doesn't necessarily think that there's anything magic about this he thinks it's just like oh he's cheating on her and because not not to discount this woman's story but the uh the optics of it and the way she's like presenting it doesn't give a lot of confidence in the fact that it is demon related however it is yeah. which is the joke but there is nothing later on to suggest that he's actually been bewitched so yeah. I'm like, lady, I think he was still cheating on you. Well, I mean, I think that, yeah, like... Or intended uh, to. Unle- unless the DSL <laughs> connection is demonic, in which case... Which, that's a whole other episode right there. That's... I, I rely on you, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so at first, Angel's, like, thinking, oh, well, there's not too much that we can do for this. But uh, Wes kind of jumps in and says, like, oh, well, I mean, if there's something magic involved, we should uh, investigate it. We should, like, put somebody, stake them out. Uh, we should, like, have a stakeout to kind of watch, like, where the meetup's going to be. He's like, hey, Charles, why don't you do it? <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, sure. And so he, like, starts walking out, and then Fred's right by. He's like, we won't let you down. <laughs> so, and I'm not saying that Wesley should abuse his power in this way. In fact, he shouldn't. Yeah. Um, but he is the boss, and he wants to be, like, Fred, actually, I have another assignment for you. Do well within his rights. Well, you can tell that like his intention was just to send Gun away because he had literally no response. Yeah, he's just like what yeah. to when Fred like tagged along. Yeah. Uh, also, I just want to make it very clear: I am not condoning uh, Wesley potentially doing that. I'm just saying you could have done you could have done a better job of doing a stupid thing yeah and you know what i do i will say that if his concern was from a place of you know potential conflict of interests um there's a 
there's an episode of uh, uh, TNG where Picard is like kind of oh yeah he's a in that relationship and he um, but he ends up breaking it off because he's worried about like yeah. uh, making a decision based on like who if yeah. if his girlfriend is on the away team or not or yeah because like there's yeah. like she is on an away team and something goes wrong and like in that instance saving her like is objectively the right thing to do mm-hmm. to save the most lives but he's like really shook by it and is like I don't know in the future if that'll be the case if I can be objective right um, I thought just a great episode and a um, a great kind of illustration of that but like I do think there's value in Wesley saying like okay you two are in a relationship how does that affect the very dangerous work that we do so yeah but that's want, not where he's coming from <laughs> I wanted to bring that up when we get to like the scene at the end yeah. when he's talking with Gunn um, but yeah so Angel and Wes are going to a rare bookstore because um, he believes that there's an ancient comment an ancient commentary that can help them kind of like understand this prophecy involving mm-hmm. Connor um, this is when Angel is like this is when Angel like finally gets real and he's like saying all this stuff that he's been feeling about about the Grusalog and um well he doesn't like flat out say um oh like I, I hate that he's together with Cordelia he does kind of say like um oh not only can he like replace Cord like not only can he replace himself not only can he replace Angel in Cordelia's life but he can also replace Angel on the team because mm-hmm. he can do a lot of stuff that Angel can he can do a lot of stuff that Angel can't yeah. And um, and this, again, like I said, anything not involving Fred and Gunn, <laughs> Wes actually has some pretty good moments. Yeah. Um, and he says, uh, well, Angel, you're, like, you know, you're the hero. It's your mission that brought us all together. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's really good help from Wesley. Oh, absolutely. I, I like that. And he says, like, you know, you're, you're unique. And this point is immediately undercut by the fact that... Uh, because he said, like, you're one of these rare books. You're unique. <laughs> when um, the uh, person comes out with the Grammatica, and he says, like, oh, I've got three copies. Got three of them. <laughs> I really liked Wesley's line where he says, um, Angel's like, you know, if I hadn't have been, or if Grew hadn't have been there, Wesley doesn't even entertain it. He's like, the rest of us were there. Like, yeah, Grew got the kill, but we've got a team. Like, <laughs> you know we, between the four of us like one of us would have managed it yeah you know they might not have had it as easy a time uh as the Grusalug did but you know they've all four members of the, of this team um have proven their metal on more than one occasion mm-hmm. and uh yeah so back at back at the hyperion uh Cordelia is about to give grew a haircut um, and, uh, this is when, like, he, you know, uh, she also says she's gonna give him, like, new clothes, so that he doesn't look like, you know, it's coming from, like, a red fair. And, uh, he says, oh, well, then I hope that, uh, this will finally, uh, like, will, I f- will this make me, like, the man that you want me to be? Aww. And, um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, cause, like, and, you know, even though he's literally already said it, Cordelia seems to, like, realize... 
oh, you didn't come here for a makeover. You came because, like, you know, you care about me. Like, yeah, you already said that. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Cordelia. <laughs> Listen to other people sometimes <laughs> and not just yourself. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and we've already kind of discussed this, how, like, you know, there's the possibility of losing the visions and... You know, Cordelia has sacrificed a good deal to keep those visions mm-hmm. because they're they give her like a purpose. And yeah, like I mean, as as hot as somebody is, if like if your purpose is on the line, maybe Comshock isn't necessarily the like you know the way to go. Yeah. Um, Gun and Fred are just uh, staking out the. Uh, staking out like this meeting place um they of course are distracted by how hot the other each other is so they uh kiss several times and when they look back they see uh oh he disappeared jerry's gone (laughs) damn it jerry (laughs) (laughs) uh so they try to um they look around for him and they're like wait we had the camera going so then they see that uh so while they're standing like by this tree, they see the uh, that Jerry's pulled down by the vines. They're like, "Oh, that's not good." We're by the roots, and then they are immediately pulled down. Um, so yeah, good job, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, Angel. Yeah, uh, Wesley is still trying to tell Angel that um, you know, like you and Gru are so different. But then they walk in and. Uh, he says, like, oh, he looks exactly like you. <laughs> Which isn't necessarily true, but, I mean, you know, short haircut, and he's also, like, wearing some of Angel's clothes, which uh, which Cordelia thought, oh, you wouldn't mind. Uh, you guys are, like, really close in size. He's just a bit taller than you, which is hilarious because Angel's been spending the entire episode thinking, like, oh, does he look smaller to yeah. you? And also, <laughs> also... I'm pretty sure Angel is taller. Like, like <laughs> yeah. not by much, but like... <laughs> it would be really funny if there was like a deleted scene where Angel like gets out a pair of shoes with risers oh on God. them just so that he could be taller than oh the Crystal Oh my God. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, so Angel is talking to uh, Cordelia and she says that um, she, was, she had thought about... Uh, um, like when Wes brought up the paranormal prophylactic. That's a fun phrase. It is. Um, but uh, she's found a place where um, she's found something where, like, somebody that she can get something like that from gives him cash and uh, says, like, it almost cleaned her out, but it's at a demon brothel and she wants Angel to go get it. He's like, well, why aren't you sending Gru? She's like, oh, I mean, I'm sending him too, but, you know. Like, he doesn't know this world the way that you do. And so, basically, (laughs) Angel is there to help the girl that he loves have sex with another guy. Boy, (laughs) babe. How do you get yourself into these situations, Angel? Was that uh, meant to be like uh, uh, Jimmy Stewart? Kind of, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I mean, generic. Yeah, captain of screwball comedy himself. Oh no! What are we gonna do now, Angel? (laughs) So, um, they go to Madame Anita. Okay. 
First of all, you want to talk about this brothel? I love Madame Anita. Mm-hmm. She's just vibing for me. Um, More like, I need a, something, I need a <laughs> potion to help me bone my boyfriend. This scene... Has, I mean, it, honestly, it's a problem that the episode has altogether, but this scene, I was really feeling it. There's a lot of padding. Yeah, like, it, it seems like this... It seems like this could be like a fun introduction for a uh, for like a new place that they go to occasionally, not necessarily like on the level of um, of uh, why am I blanking on Lauren's bar? Oh, Caritas. Caritas. Uh, not as, not necessarily on that level, but you know, could be like a fun other locale. But I don't yeah. think they ever go no. there again. It, no, it feels like a lot of importance is put onto this bar. Like we we stop in a room and look inside, and like I don't mind. Time slows down. Yeah, like we've got the guy who was tied up. Actually, that worked for me because it was a good character moment for Gru. Yeah. Um, trying to rescue him. Fear not, we are here to save you. Like, well, no, you're not there to save him. You were there to pick up a potion so you could bang your girlfriend. Um, I do like you it. just happened to see this guy in trouble, quotes. And I totally love how Gru slugs like, he likes being a slave. And the guy's like, don't judge me. Yeah, yeah. Like we said, we try not to kink shame on here. But um, some things like watching your friends while you take it from behind from a vampire is a uh, yeah, kink shame. Um, <laughs> but that was last week. But no, just the whole scene just felt very dragged out. Like, I really felt like we were just padding the, the episode a bit here. Well, I mean, you know, at the end of this episode, you have the importance, like, you know, reveal of the prophecy... But, you know, the prophecy is very much like second mm-hmm. fiddle. Even, hell, even third fiddle. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so they end up buying the, uh, they end up buying the potion. And, uh, and Madame Anita says, like, uh, oh, I can understand why your friend's here. But she looks at Angel like, but what are you doing here? And then Angel gets saved by the bell, or in this case, <laughs> the cell phone ring. And, uh... He is being called by a gun because they are trapped in a network of roots. Uh, they explain that uh, there is a tree demon that has captured Jerry and has a network of DSL-powered monitors and computers to lure people in. And gosh, wow, it really does sound stupid when you just <laughs> say it out loud like that. Not even Amy Acker could make this exposition that she was giving. Like, but yeah, and it's really, it's really funny because, um, you know, like, well, why aren't you calling Wesley about this? It's like, well, because like you know, Wesley can't really help us with this, and for some reason, like, they want grew. This made no sense. Yeah, to I, I did not get that either. At first, I went, oh, okay, it's a tree, so it's made of wood. Like, Angel... Dangerous for Angel. Dangerous for Angel, yeah. Um, You know, still dangerous. You know, getting impaled by wood is not good for anyone. But, (laughs) um, you know, it's instantly fatal for Angel, depending on where he gets hit. So that was my first thought, was they were like, you know. But then it's established... Not only is it established pretty much immediately once Guru and Angel get there, that it's um that the tree is not really made of wood it's like flesh um that in and of itself is instrumental to defeating it yeah so it's like 
it just it felt like one step too far on the pile on of things for like because uh, I think this scene could have this scene yeah, could have played it, out it, exactly it, the same way it does if they had just said Angel we need your help and Gru just came along because of course he was going to yeah um, he still can rush in head first without thinking mm-hmm. all of that plays out the exact same way I, it was dumb yeah, I, I honestly didn't get it either. I thought maybe there was something that I missed, but I'm glad there wasn't. No. It just, yeah, it's just not the best uh, writing choices. Uh, but so um, Angel and Gru, like, they're going through the sewers. Angel is, like, trying to tell Gru, hey, like, don't, like, rush into this. Gru, like, gives the potion to Angel so that he can uh, keep it safe. And then it's like, ah! and yeah. runs right in. He, Leroy Jenkins, the whole oh thing. God. And it, and he just immediately gets impaled. And um, so Angel, like, realizes, like, oh, it, it's made of flesh, not wood. And it's drawing energy from Grusalog, which it then says, like, oh, yes, delicious energy. And that's when Angel starts... Just saying, like, what is so great about him? I mean, here I am, right here, just as good as him, like, starts beating beating up Gru, because, like, you know, anytime he hurts Gru, the tree demon gets hurt as well. Hot Blonde gets hurt. And, oh uh, and so uh, this eventually convinces the tree, uh, this eventually convinces Hot Blonde to um, uh, take his root out of grew and then kinky wow this is like <laughs> very close to saying Groot <laughs> which is not altogether inappropriate I was like to be like it, it weirdly drags <laughs> uh, but then he like uh, plunges the root into Angel um, but he like starts uh, but then he realizes that uh, oh everything's cold on the inside because he's a vampire and he's like yeah nobody's been using my heart for a while Except you. Yeah. Metaphorically speaking. So Gun and Angel are able to get free, and Gun and Gre- Jerry. Don't forget Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Gun Fred and Jerry get free. <laughs> and uh and so Gun grabs uh the favorite broadsword and is able to kill the demon. So then we have um then we have this scene with Wes. Uh so basically doing a debriefing and uh Wes says like oh you guys should probably go clean up and then he uh asks Gunn to stay so this is the part that I don't like yeah no, if Wes that. you already kind of mentioned this earlier but like what Wes should have done the professional mature thing to do um I would say like you know maybe not something that the characters of Angel Investigations are well known for <laughs> But they're kind of outpacing Buffy season six right now. <laughs> um, but the thing that uh, the thing that um, he should have done is say like, "Hey, obviously I've noted." He could have said like, "Oh, this has like become more than a tryst," and uh, and Guns is like, "Well, I don't think that's any of your business." If it it can like get up to that point, I can understand Guns saying that. Mm-hmm. But then how Wes should have approached this is, well, here's the thing. It could, like, cloud some priorities when we're out in the field. And remember, we're, we're all close to each other, but we're also all working together. 
and you know we have we do dangerous work so if you don't want I want just want to make sure that you all both know that when we're at work especially when we're out like fighting demons that you guys know what your priorities are yeah that's the mature thing to do what he does instead is basically say look she made her choice don't hurt her yeah and that's not great it's yeah it's uh this is and this is something i really when i first watched the show but a young 17 year old um i do remember being very on board uh the wesley and fred ship well yeah it does seem to make sense yeah and i was to me i was like i i I was very young and didn't recognize the toxicity coming out of wesley um i'll be totally real there's almost certainly some unconscious uh racism that was in there where i just viewed gun as an obstacle and not a viable love interest for Fred. And as I've gotten older and I've rewatched the show a few times, every time I watch, I'm like, Wesley, stop treating Fred like she belongs to you. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't belong to Gunn either. Um, you know, you both had an interest. Gunn made a move. She reciprocated. And yes, she did make a choice, but stop making that other people's problem, Wesley. Yeah. Like, it sucks for you. I get it. We've all been there. But, um... He's crossed a line from, you know, feeling a reasonable amount of set about being not even rejected because he never offered himself up in the first place, but into now making his perceived rejection guns problem specifically. Yeah. And, you know, you very much could have, I mean, you could have funneled those frustrations into something constructive like coming at it from the hey i'm like not only like your coworker, i'm also kind of like the boss yeah um and he could have like said like hey here's why and then you know it may not have been like the release that he wanted but i mean he would have felt like i'm sure he would have gotten like some closure from doing that yeah. uh i mean however much he gets from it that's his own mental health problems and yeah. uh but yeah the uh yeah, it's really not a good look on Wesley, especially because, you know, there are other moments in the episode when he's, like, you know, helping Angel out mm. that he's like, oh, yeah, totally, man. But... <laughs> Finally! There it is! <laughs> <laughs> you should, like, just keep that whole thing in so, that, like, we can keep the viewers hooked. The payoff. Keep the listeners hooked. Suspense. <laughs> But yeah, just not a great look on Wes. Um, so Cordelia's dressing the wounds of the Grusalog. Uh Looked like she was up for another uh, another wound dressing for Angel, but unfortunately, no. she thought about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Angel's trying to like you know build up Gru, but Gru immediately says like, "Oh no, I endangered everyone. I was reckless. Angel's the true champion," and Cordelia's like. Oh, what a guy. So he just gives up the credit. He's so <laughs> humble. And Angel's like, oh my god. Um, he, he gives Cor- Angel gives Cordelia the potion. 
um, and she's about to, you know, drag Gru to her apartment, or in this case, the love palace. I don't think she was going to take him to the apartment. <laughs> She's just going to a room in the hotel. They've got so many empty <laughs> ones. I did love earlier when Wesley, at the beginning of the episode, Wesley tells Angel that Courtney took Gru's lug home, and he was like, well, good. I, this hotel's starting to feel like a hotel. Yeah. Like, um, no, I don't think they were even going to, I don't even think she was going to wait that long and get to the first empty room she could find. So Angel, like, ain't, but before she heads out, he, he does, like, say, like, hey, just one thing, and, um, because, like, you know, Cordelia, like, nearly cleaned herself out to get this paranormal prophylactic. I'm going <laughs> to say it one more time. Uh, he, uh, he gives this big roll of cash to uh, Cordelia saying, like, hey, I put this away. Um, and I want you to just, like, you know, go somewhere sunny with Gru. Take a few weeks off. Just have a good time and be happy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So then he, um, he goes upstairs and... Uh, then we kind of like have this random this random point that like kind of shows like oh you know Angel's not alone he's got his son which I mean isn't as effective because you know Connor's barely been in the episode yeah well it's meant to it really is meant to play into what's about to happen rather than what came before Mm -hmm. but it does feel very jarring that he's suddenly like I'm okay with this decision because I have Connor when Connor hasn't been a factor in this storyline at all. Um, Other than the Niazian scroll stuff. But, um, I don't know. I I think it would have been totally fine if we just kept this scene out and just had him holding Connor and, like, cuddling with him when he goes Mm -hmm. down to talk to Wesley. Because that felt more natural. That felt more in line with what we've seen him, how he reacts. Also... Dad Angel. Oh, that's so fucking hot. <laughs> I, I've mentioned it before, how, like, uh, like that one episode in season three of The Walking Dead, when uh, when Daryl, um, Norman Reedus' character, like, holds the newborn baby. Oh, yeah, you mentioned I'm like, oh, man, I'm sure, like, women everywhere just, like, swooned. Because, <laughs> I mean, he was already, like, agreed to be one of the hottest guys on the show. Pretty much between him and Andrew Lincoln. Um, that being said, like they do get to bring in like Chad Coleman and you know they bring in a lot of wire actors uh, for that show. I wonder if there's any connection. I don't know if like Frank Darabont, but then again, like I don't know if like Frank Darabont really wasn't involved. It was just that first past season. the first season. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, let's let's wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, I was to say actually we should because my laptop's a little okay. low on battery. All right. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. So Wes is still like he's kind of up late into the night and he like finishes translating stuff. We see him write down the sun. Uh, it looks like it's at the top of the paper, so it looks like he's like just starting. Um, but then uh, you know Angel comes down. He like looks really happy because like you know I've got my son and. Uh, and so then, like, you know, Angel leaves. We then uh, see Wes look down at his translation, which zooms out, says, The father will kill the son. Yeah. Ba-da-dum. Yep. And that's the end of the episode. Um, so I will say, uh, the scene with Angel giving Cordy the money for the vacation, I love it. it I mean, it really is, we are seeing, he, he basically takes the exact opposite tack that um, Wesley does. He ultimately, after an episode of being 
petty, immature little butt monkey, um, does the mature, nice thing for Cordy, um, which also conveniently will allow Charisma Carpenter uh, some time off because um, she uh, was getting married. Yeah. Um, so, so yes, unfortunately, we are going to be Cordyless for for at least one episode. I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly how long she's uh, Yeah, gone. I don't remember how long it is. Um, but she, yeah, Charisma Carpenter was getting married, so she got some time off to go on her honeymoon. Um, and, and I will say, actually, the way... I, I love Cordy, um, but I will say, uh, as I recall, her absence is felt, but I actually feel like the show does a good job of making sure that the narrative... It embraces, it, it basically it takes losing charisma for however long it does and turns what could be a, a storytelling problem, I think, into a strength that helps yeah, maneuver and, the season. And, like, and, and you look at this episode and while it is like a good, a good kind of look into both um, Angel and Wes, um, the fact that... Uh, like the writing kind of suffers from it from like any actual like advancement mm-hmm. of the season plot apart from at the very end uh, makes it um, makes it a weaker episode. Yeah. So now that like they've reached a point where um, Angel is like kind of accepting of where he is, Cordelia like has a chance to go be happy for a little while. Um, I like the idea that they can take that break, and I I don't remember a lot of the details of what comes after this, but I do. But I do think, like, it'll help move along this mm-hmm. story now that we have this prophecy translation in play. Yeah. Um, I thought this episode was fun, but, yeah, a light. Um, and when I say light, I mean light on things happening. Um, like, forward plot progression. Um, but there were some good character beats here, so it wasn't a complete wash. But it did feel like a lot of padding. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I think it's a, this episode's a two and... Two and a half DSL demons out of five for me. I'll also do the uh, two and a half. Um, oh, what's what's a good thing that we have in the <laughs> two and a half uh, perfume drenched soup coats? Yes. Um, yes. But yeah, uh, I don't really have too much else to say with that. It's it's like again, not not terrible, not yeah. not great, just kind of there, and maybe maybe just like time to spend with our with our gang yeah all right take us out thank you for joining us on booze and buffy we will be back next week with buffy season six episode 14 older and far away i'm jason you can currently find me on instagram at yamaj357 and i'm harrison you can find me on instagram at harrison alexander kaufman and on twitter at harrison kaufman that's c-o-f-f-m-a-n you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at, at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. In all of those instances, the and is spelled out A N D. And don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or your podcast uh, listening apparatus of choice. Uh, we usually like to uh, shout out some charities at the end of these episodes. Um, right now, we just kind of like have a general blanket. Um, call to aid because uh obviously uh over the past uh couple weeks the uh supreme court has made some 
let's just say decisions. not yeah like, like, let's just say the turd sandwich decision uh many in fact yeah. and uh so basically a lot of people um who are already kind of like targeted by uh you know hostility or their lives just got a little more uh a little harder so um donate to lots of uh campaigns like um uh, HRC is one that I try to donate to all the time, the Human Rights Campaign. Um, but yeah, like, uh, you know, like, at, at this point, given, like, our audience, uh, there's probably either you or somebody close to you is going to be affected by these Supreme Court decisions. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like, you can ask them for charities you might not even know about. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, and, um, and, you know, I would also say, throw in there, um, you know, elections are really important. Um, and obviously big elections are massive and we need to show up. Um, but we need to show up at the small ones, too. Yep. Because, and, you know, the grassroots campaigns, we cannot affect change at a higher level um, if we don't affect change at all levels. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, if you're a father, don't kill your son, um, no matter what a scroll tells you. Um, And also, go slay. And be gay. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.